Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Uh, our pal is Israel Gutierrez from ESPN. He joins us bright and early here this morning. Israel, good morning. Did you, uh, did you catch the heat last night in what was their worst performance in probably two months? Um, I couldn't really watch the whole game because I had my own radio thing to do. But uh, I saw when they were up, and then I saw uh, that they struggled. ESPN can't afford the NBA League pass where you put on the uh, the, the heat game on, on the thud. screen. It thud, but I was also watching some college basketball, too, to be, to be kept abreast of that. But, yeah, I mean, I saw some of it. I saw they struggled pretty poorly offensively down the stretch. You know, I, I, wonder, I wonder how much of it, how much of their struggles last night, and and specifically Goran Dragic, who's been bad the last three games, is in a major slump. It's his worst three-game yeah. stretch of the season. I wonder how much that has to do with no Dion Waiters. Is that possible, or is that just coincidence? No, I think it's definitely possible. Um, you know, when things sort of become uh, more of a half-court game, when they have to play that way, um, you know, Dion is probably, not probably, I think he's better, a, at taking his defender off the dribble, getting to the uh, to the rim and collapsing the defense, but also passing out of it. Like There are a lot of times where I watch Goran play and there's a pass available and he just doesn't see it. And uh, I think Dion, maybe because he goes into the paint with the idea of looking uh, to kick out, maybe he sees uh, some passes a little bit better. But I do think that, you know, that definitely helps when, when their game gets to the half-court level. And yeah, Dion can collapse the defense probably a little bit better and look to kick out. Um, so I think that definitely affects Goron because all eyes are on him when he's trying to penetrate and they know he's trying to finish. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll affect him negatively. I know these guys have been struggling defensively, but due to the fact that they score so many points on the offensive end, they seem to be overcoming a lot of the deficiencies. And you've had a couple key players lately, Damian Lillard scoring 49 points with Portland, and then now you had DeMar DeRozan with 40 last night. Is there a chink that you could possibly find right now in this armor that uh, the Heat are known for, which is their defense? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do think that, again, it's a little bit of uh, of what you're missing there from Dion is you could, you know, another active body defensively. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just one of those cases where I feel like uh, Damian probably could have, you know, he could have shut the lights off in that place and he would have gone for 40 that night. Um, that's, that's just, that guy was just on that night. Uh, DeRozan can do this to a lot of people, and DeRozan's done this to the Heat before. He was impossible and, last night. He, he, I mean, they couldn't do anything about him. Yeah, I mean, that the couple segments that I saw, it was just kind of DeRozan doing what he does. And um, especially with Kyle Lowry out, they're going to you know go to him a lot more. So I wouldn't say that that's a sign of anything terrible overall. I'd be more concerned if you know the offensive struggles sort of uh, continue with Goron. And then, you know, the rest of the team. You know, last night I thought was a good example, and, and Romberg brings up the Portland game as well with Damian Lillard, but last night with, with DeMar DeRozan was a good example of, yeah, when the Heat offense is struggling, like last night, and they have to play in the half court, and that on top of it, Dion Waiters was out, who's a guy who can create one-on-one and make difficult shots. Uh-huh. Uh, 
I thought last night was a good example of Toronto having something, Toronto being a team that has something in DeRozan that he just do not have and being a guy that could take over games in that way. Yeah, and it's kind of uh, a good example of what the playoffs will, playoffs look like. Yeah. They don't have that one person that's going to be able to create for you when you know defenses are locked in and they don't let you run and things like that. You're, you're going to struggle some. And uh, you know, last night or the last couple nights, last few nights, it's been up to Kron to be that guy, and he hasn't been able to be that guy. Uh, and against Phoenix, it didn't really matter. But uh, it did a couple other times. So, yep. yeah, it's definitely like it, it, it's a joke to show you how important Dion is. And he's not some sort of like novelty, some sort of joke that you can like say, hey, look at this guy uh, coming out of nowhere. Like he's very important to this team. And it's probably going to be when it's most evident uh, in the playoffs if they make it. Well, they're going up to Boston on Sunday night. And it looks like Hassan Whiteside is up again in question if he's going to be playing or not. So last night he enters the game with stitches in his hand. And then at the end of the game last night, he ends up dinging up his ankle a little bit. So now he's dealing with an ankle injury. And we see this going towards the end of the, the NBA season, regular season now. And we saw this last year as well when he hurt his knee going into the playoffs or in the playoffs. Is it possibly time to rest or, or should he have taken advantage of the opportunity last night and possibly have rested uh, Whiteside? <laughs> That's a tough one, man. Like I don't think I don't think you can rest anybody right now, given how they have to scratch and claw their way. Like they're already committed. Like they're in this thing to make the postseason now. This is not about you know getting a draft pick or anything else. And so uh, if that's the case, and paid this guy a hundred million dollars, no. Like I'm not <laughs> I'm not resting the guy. I'm checking to see how much uh, how much he can give you. Like the ankle injury, whatever kind of flukish knee thing last year. You know, guys running into him. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to rest him. No. Give me some. Uh, Israel Gutierrez here with us. Give me some thoughts here on on the the topic du jour with the NBA the last week or so with the players resting and the sitting out games. Uh, there's not a thing that the NBA can do in this spot, right? Uh, I don't know if there's anything they can do. If you start telling them that they can only rest players for legitimate injuries, they'll just create injuries, and it won't be. You know, it'll just be a bunch of dishonesty. I think. Man, I think you got to do something about minutes. Like, I think that the league should say, listen, you want to rest your guys? Rest them an extra three minutes and find different ways to, uh, to get your team to, to, to withstand that extra time that that star on the bench. Like, you should not have to rely on LeBron James to be top two or three in minutes per game throughout the league. So um, I do think that you can be able to sort of manipulate the minutes that way. And I know it's not the same as having an entire night off, but, you know, if you – chop three minutes a game off of, you know, an 80-game season. I mean, that's more time off your feet overall. So, and it's, so again, I, I agree with a lot of the, you know, I understand a lot of the science of this stuff and, and people and these guys needing rest and being at their peak uh, with it and less of a chance of injury if you, you know, randomly rest these guys. But, I mean, I do think that there's probably other ways to figure that out too. And I just, I just think it's unfair to the fans, but, um yeah, there's not much the league can do, but you can sort of nudge them in certain directions. Look, I like science also, okay? But <laughs> I, I look I look at Russell Westbrook. I look at James Harden. Yeah, Those yeah. guys have played every single game. Yeah. They're the top two MVP candidates in the league. And then I see a Cleveland team where LeBron, uh, every few nights now, is sitting out and resting. And we're, we're, we're 10 games left in the season, and, and it looks like they have all kinds of problems. And I can't help but think, you know what? I remember back in 2014 when Dwayne Wade's on the maintenance plan— and and he's mm-hmm. sitting out every few games, and, and that team had problems that year as well. I, I feel like it, it plays a it plays a factor. 
I mean, it can. I, I totally understand that. I just don't um, like the guy like like LeBron. I just don't understand why he's the one that draws, you know, the ire of everybody. Because oh, you know why? Anybody, you know, you know any, why? But if anybody deserves a night off here and there, it's the guy who's playing into June every single year. And so I get that it looks uh, bad. It looks like they're manipulating uh, the schedule. It looks like they're trying to tick off the league, maybe. Um, I don't know, but it's LeBron. Like LeBron, I give a pass to in terms of getting rest. Golden State Warriors, likable or unlikable? Uh, <laughs> they're both. I mean, they've got the most likable superstar in the league, and they've got a very likable sort of style. And with you know him and Clay and Steve Kerr, but they're super unlikable if you just focus on. Draymond Green, I think Andre Iguodala rolls people in the wrong way a little bit, even though I think he's largely misunderstood. Um, yeah, I think they can be both. Is this team a little bit more likable now that Durant has been out and missing? No. No. <laughs> I, still think, I still think people like recognize what they are, which is a great team that added an MVP. It's just kind of a reminder sometimes to start winning without him, just how, uh, how damn lucky they are to have him. Do you uh do you know what you're voting for yet? Do you have your awards yet? Uh, I have not. No, I have not gotten my email yet. If you get if you get MVP, uh, do you know who you would vote for? I do. Who? Right now, my MVP ballot would be James Harden, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook in that order. Wow, Russell, Westbrook four. Back? Westbrook four. I mean, like by a hair. Like it's all by a hair. But yeah, Westbrook four. I mean, I I, I would go Harden number one also. Uh, I happen to think Westbrook's going to win the award. Do you think Westbrook's going to win, even though you have him fourth? Oh, is he I hope not, man. Is he I hope broke people don't call him. I actually read a really interesting story on basketballinsiders.com uh, yesterday about the human obsession with round numbers. And um, and it actually was a case for a little bit. But, um, yeah, I just don't think that the statistical uh, – you know, obsession with the triple-double is enough to get that guy over the edge when, you know, James Harden is having an amazing statistical season, too, and it's resulting in his team being a lot better than Russell Westbrook's team. Well, that's why I give give Harden the edge over Westbrook. I I, got to weigh the Rockets' success a little bit. Speaking of Harden, I'm weighing the the Rockets' success, I'm weighing the Cavaliers' success, and I'm weighing the Spurs' success. And I'm looking at Westbrook as a guy who's having a phenomenal year carrying his team, but with that carrying... Uh, is leading to is not as much as these other guys. And so uh, great that it's, you know, one of those rarities and one of those things that we're going to look at and say, hey, history or historical type of season there, um, but it's not the MVP to me, by, again, by a hair. Speaking of round numbers, explain this to me. Are you staying up at 9.59 to watch the Oh, he's Gators? definitely into it. He's definitely into it. He loves 9.59. It. Again, he loves it. Need I remind you, I've got a radio show from 9 to 11 p.m. Oh, that's true. <laughs> true. Weeknight. True. So we keep I forgetting. Be, I will automatically be up, but I will have to watch. I will definitely be watching the uh can you explain that? While doing other things. Can you explain the 9.59 and the 10.09? And yeah, if it was at 10 p.m., would, would it just be too late for people to watch, so it's 9.59? <laughs> I mean, get the hell out of here, right? <laughs> All right. All right, Israel, get the hell out of here. <laughs> See you, man. There you go. Israel Gutierrez. Excellent job. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.